Well, some of the crowd are on the pitch. What's going on, guys? This is Gary. This is Josh. Let's talk soccer. All right, man. We're in September. Yes, we are. International break. So we had three game weeks of Premier League, which was awesome. And then the international break comes, which, um, you know, we'll try to see the silver lining in it. We'll talk a little bit about it. I do miss um, having three great weeks of, of Premier League football and then, you know, we kind of get hit in the face with uh, a stoppage of play. But that's okay. We'll use this break to our advantages um, and we'll, we'll talk about an important advantage of having this international break regarding the wild card in a minute. But first, we want to say hello to everyone out there. Thank you guys for getting us over 17,000 followers on Instagram right now. It's amazing. So we appreciate it. It's awesome. I think you might have recruited uh, your one of your coaches, Saxon. Uh, shout out to Saxon uh, if he's listening to this. Um, maybe got him to follow us on Instagram and listen to the podcast as well. Yes. So we appreciate that. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into it. We've had some downtime. We'll have two full weeks, basically, of uh, time to look, analyze, probably overanalyze, make predictions, overguess, overthink, and all those sorts of things that come with. um, There's always a level of uncertainty uh, with the fantasy stuff of picking the right players at the right time. Even when you make your picks, you second guess, or at least I second guess the picks that I make. Um... Because there's always those examples of trading someone out um, or benching them, and then they have an amazing uh, game, just like I did with Charlie Daniels last game week. Got rid of him off the team, had an amazing goal. Um, But those things happen. So moving forward, people are starting to play their wild card chips now. Um, some people think, I guess there's two schools of thought. One is play it early in the season. Find that player who's, uh, still somewhat affordable before his value goes up, who's going to have good form, hopefully through a majority of the season and be able to accrue lots and lots of points for you. So they want to play it now and play it early. And then of course there's the other school of thought of, you know, there's players who don't play it until, really the second half of the season in, you know, January time frame or so, um, which I'm of the school of thought sooner is better as long as you're making the right pick. Um, because if this is a marathon and not a sprint and you're trying to get as many points over those 38 matches as you can, um, you want, you want those players on your team who are going to be able to help you do that right. for as long as possible. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about why, now could be the right time for people to play their chips. So it's the international break, obviously. Um, you know, we we're looking at an article that talks about the wild card chip is the the most powerful of the ones that are available. Um, like other chips, you really get to use this once. So um, you know, everybody's looking for the perfect time, but there really isn't a perfect time. But We'll make an argument of why this time right now, uh, leading into game week four, could be one of the best times to do it. One of those reasons is we've had three game weeks now to sort of watch and assess 
and learn, right? We're starting to see um, how certain players are shaking out. There may be surprise players that we didn't know about that are a great value and will contribute a lot of points. There's other players that we would have been certain would have gotten us a lot of points um, and haven't gotten us really any, like Harry Kane, who we're watching right now um, before the England match. Um, he's been a bit of a disappointment. So after three weeks of play, you can get a pretty good sense of what's what and who's who. Um, you can also um, get a sense of the manager's um, formations and their strategies and how involved or uninvolved certain players may be. Um, examples of players who might have been a bit of unknowns going into the season but have proven to be valuable assets to an FPL team, Firmino and Morata. Um, both f relatively affordable players. Um, you know, Salah is another one coming in as an unknown entity into the Premier League and um, has just been blowing it up and doing really well. Um, so that's, that's one reason why. We, we've had time to kind of watch and learn. Second reason is that money can be freed up right now. Um, before players' prices, before a player takes off and his prices really start to soar, you can grab him while he's still affordable. On the flip side of that, too, you can get rid of a player who whose price may continue to decrease. So you want to get as much value out of both sides of that transaction as you can. Get rid of your player at the highest value possible and bring in the new player at the lowest value, value possible. So um, that's a good opportunity. Um, you can, with the international break, you have an opportunity um, to assess players that maybe haven't played yet or played much this season. So take Eden Hazard and Alexis Sanchez, right? Right. Um, to go, Hazard just played the other day um, for Belgium, and I think he played pretty well. So to get a sense of, is he fit? Um, is he still injured? Um, how is he maybe going? You kind of get an idea of what he's going to look like coming into um, his first matches of the season. So um, the international break is a great opportunity to do that. And also it's the end of the transfer window. So that's the last point. Um, people from outside of the Premier League have come in um, and joined teams. And there's also been players maybe who are going to be underutilized at their now former Premier League club who have moved to another club. So take uh, the Ox, Oxlade-Chamberlain as an example. Maybe at Arsenal didn't have as much of a role, but moving into a team like Liverpool, he may have more of a role right. um, and be able to generate more points. So there are some compelling reasons why um, it makes sense to use that chip now. Yeah, and also it sort of confirms the team since yes. trans all transfers are done. right. If, let's say, you're Liverpool and you're just wondering, oh, do we need a striker? Do we need a cam? Right. And if they didn't sign anyone, then we kind of know what the lineup's going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are at all positions, really, but I can specifically think of uh, defense and midfield as great examples of there's some uncertainty with players of will they be a full-time starter or not. And by now, we should have a good sense of either yes or no, especially to your point um, with the transfers being over. Um, if there's a defender, as an example, in question of 
throughout the course of the season, will he be a regular starter or not? And the team goes out and brings in uh, another defender and spend a lot of money on him, then maybe maybe your your player that you were considering, the original player, isn't the best bet. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point. That said, we did go ahead and use the wild card um, and actually uh, did a little more than that. Made two transactions um, since last game week. First up is got rid of Monreal. Not happy at all with how Arsenal's been playing, especially their defense. Um, got rid of Monreal and brought in Bailly. You can't really argue against it. Maybe no. three clean sheets. He's a central reason why. Uh, yeah, three clean sheets. Um, that that train is rolling down the track full steam right now. So um, I think Bayou will be a much better bet than Monreal was. The second one actually brought in a, one of his teammates, got rid of Kevin De Bruyne, which hurts me greatly as a Man City fan, um, and brought in Pogba. The reason I brought in Pogba over Mkhitaryan is this. Um, Mkhitaryan generally generates more bonus points. His FPS is higher than um, than Pogba's is. But I still am not 100% sure that Mkhitaryan will be a starter game in and game out. Right. I still can still see where, especially as they get into the later rounds of Champions League, where maybe Mourinho wants to rest Mkhitaryan a bit, um, but I don't think he'll do that with Pogba. I think Pogba will uh, make up the points that he's maybe losing to Mkhitaryan in bonus. Um, he'll make up just in playing time. So that's sort of my own personal opinion. What I did do too, and I think a lot of people transferred this player out, is I kept Harry Kane. I'm going to keep the faith in Kane. August is done. Um, he had a goal, maybe two. Um, during the international break. Um, so he sort of burst that bubble finally. And so I think Kane is, um, he's got a tough game in Everton coming up in game week four, but I think he's going to get things moving. He's won the Golden Boot two seasons in a row. You can't argue against facts. He's going to score at some point. So I, I think it's a bit premature to get rid of him yet, in my own opinion. IMO. 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 So let's go ahead real quick and just go through the entire team. Um, you want to do the starting 11 for us here? Yes. All right. Okay, so in goal, Ben Foster of West Brom. They face Brighton Hove. Pretty favorable. Next game, yes. Back three, Cedric of Southampton. He's very consistent. They go up against Watford. Bailly goes against Stoke, yep. so pretty good there. And Higazi also against Brighton. Yes. In the midfield, Pogba goes against Stoke. Great form. Yep. Um. I think he's going to play well. Uh, Delhi Alley against Everton. Uh, Willian against Leicester City. It'll be a bit interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, Willian is another one of those players to keep an eye on, and he may have to leave sooner than later, too, just with Hazard coming back into the squad. Um, something's got to give there, and I think it might be Willian. And Brunt of West Brom as well. So yes. three uh, West Brom players in our starting 11. Yes. And the three forwards are Harry Kane, uh, playing against Everton. Yep. I think he'll score. Yep. I think we both think he's going to score. Uh, Lukaku against Stoke, and Munier against West Ham. Yep. 
So hopefully um, that team will generate more points than I got last game week, which was pretty pathetic. But I think a lot of players had pretty poor game weeks um, in game week three. We mentioned bonus points not too long ago. <clears throat> Figured an important thing for people to look at, if you're looking at making a move either before the start of game week four or anywhere down the season, bonus points are important. Yes, they are. Um, bonus points are those things that sort of, from match to match, there's sort of little dustings of them here and there. But over the course of a season, if you have the right players, those bonus points can add up quite a bit, especially if you're looking to place in your uh, your league. So, um, you know, to get those bonus points tallied up over the course of a season can be a pretty amazing thing. So we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about BPS, all right? And that stands for Bonus Points System. Um, so these are very, very important in terms of the scoring of FPL. They're devised and allocated after each match um, on this scale, and this is the bonus point system scale. So it utilizes a range of statistics supplied by Opta. So they um, do a lot of data analysis and provide statistics um, for the Premier League. Lots of interesting stuff. Um, it captures actions on the pitch, and basically you're creating a performance score for every player. And there's a variety of things. We'll go through some of the lists. It's a really long list, but we'll go through some of the things that you can get points for um, throughout the match. So at the end of each match, when the BPS is tallied, this is what it looks like. They're, they'll take the top three players, the top three players with the highest BPS. They've earned the most sort of BPS points throughout this, the match. The number one player, the top player, gets three points additional to his score. The second place player gets two, and the third place player gets one. So if you've got a player who can do a lot of these actions, uh, match in and match out, week in and week out, you're going to be getting those extra points at the end of each match. Um, so players can earn BPS points based on a variety of statistics. And here's some of the ways that they can earn those points. They can play up to 60 minutes. So for most of the people on your on your uh, on your starting eleven, I would hope that most, if not all of them, are consistently getting at least sixty minutes a match. That's not really one that sort of that's makes sort of a a, that's a right. That's sort of a level playing field. Um, here's a good one: goalkeepers and defenders scoring a goal. So if you have someone like Bai in week two, right? He scored. So to sort a lot of, of BPS. yes, so to sort of put that in context, playing. Uh, between 1 and 60 minutes, so even just starting, um, it's 3 BPS points. But a goalkeeper or a defender scoring a goal is 12. So, you know, you keep adding up all these points, and if you're in the top 3, you're going to get bonus points, you know, added to your regular game score, which helps your FPL team. Midfielder scoring a goal, of course, um, and that's actually... 18 points, so more BPS points than a goalkeeper defender, I know. And forward scoring a goal um, is 24 BPS points. All right, clean sheets. Um, so big, important actions in a match. Um, saving a penalty kick, um, 
here's some other ones. Creating a big chance. Um, and that's a chance where the receiving player should score. Doesn't necessarily mean that he did, so it doesn't have to be an assist, but it's creating an opportunity, a real opportunity for uh, someone else on that player's team to score. Um, key passes, successful dribbles, a successful tackle, um, scoring a goal that wins a match. So not only sort of regular uh, actions in a match, but also takes into account um, things that are contextual. Uh, having the win- having a game-winning goal, uh, yeah, making a game-winning win. save. Yeah, important things like that. Um, different percentages of pass completions give you different levels of bonus points. And then, of course, there's also negative ones. Getting a card, scoring an own goal, missing a big chance, making an error which leads to a goal, um, being tackled. Your shot is off target. So it's interesting that um, not only do you get points for, for doing things uh, either sort of through the normal course of a match or um, above and beyond, but also you can get um, other points dinged. So it's interesting. You can go and look at players who have a high BPS. So again, BPS is different than bonus points, right? BPS is what is used to award people bonus points. So again, the top three players from each match, the three players who have the highest BPS, then get either three, two, or one bonus point added. So Mkhitaryan leads right now after three game weeks in BPS. Firmino, Bailly, Lossel, Phil Jones, uh, Marcus Alonso, Schindler of Huddersfield, Mane, Valencia, Blind, Jamie Vardy, actually, Lukaku's on there. So um, it's important that you go through, if you're looking to make um, use your wild card and make a transfer, you should check out BPS for sure. All right, so taking a cue out of the scouts posts, uh, we compiled a list of players. If you are going to use your wild card, we've compiled a list of players at each position that are definitely worth taking a look at. So we've taken some from the scouts list, and we've also added in some of our own. So let's start with goalkeepers. So we have four here um, that we should take a look at. Lucas Fabianski of Swansea is just 4.5 million pounds. Very so where we have other goalkeepers that are five or 5.5, he is definitely one to look at. He has two clean sheets um, and the upcoming fixtures um, are actually quite favorable for him. So definitely Fabianski is someone to look at. Jonas Lossel of Huddersfield. Um, he is the number one top scoring goalkeeper um, after having three clean sheets. Not not goal scoring, but but uh, fantasy points scoring. Um, but you actually had a really important point, not about him necessarily, but about Huddersfield. Right. Um, I feel that Huddersfield's sort of success is going to probably end soon. Uh, just sort of been a, a good run so far. Yes. So if you're looking for a long-run team, uh, looking very much into the future, yeah. I wouldn't hold on to these players for too long because at some point 
especially getting into... The Huddersfield players. Yes. Yeah. Especially getting into about game week seven. Yeah. Uh, That's when a lot of very difficult matchups start to begin for them, and we can sort of see them kind of maybe sort of fall off. Yeah. But probably just being smart. Uh, I wouldn't keep them around for too long. That's a great point. Um, Looks like game week four and five, they have a relatively easy FDR. Game week six, which is away at Burnley, gets a little more difficult. And then we start into the – after that, in game week seven through ten, three of those four matches are quite difficult. So, yeah, um, the bubble will burst at some point. You know, that makes um, Lossell maybe a great um, option to have as your bench goalkeeper. Right. So that when the the FDR – um, does lean in his favor, then you can sub him in. Right. So that would be a great option. Um, another one to look at, Fraser Forster. He's a little more expensive than the other two. He's he's $5 million, um, but uh, he's just – he's a great goalkeeper, had a great season last season. Um, he's going to have five home matches over the next eight game weeks. Um, and also those are very favorable FDR – um, rankings. Yeah, and also just considering Southampton. Yeah. Their defense is always very strong. Yep. So definitely someone to look at. Fraser Forrester, absolutely one to look at, as is Tom Heaton of Burnley, who is also $5 million. So he was the top-scoring goalkeeper last season. Um, he only has seven points so far this season. So it's going to um, it's going to get better for him at some point. Um, but he is, speaking of bonus points, he had 21 bonus points last season, um, which is a record for an FPL goalkeeper over the course of a single season. So, um, that is definitely something important to keep in mind as well. All right, moving up the pitch a little bit to the defenders. We have, uh, quite a few here on our list. First up, Marcus Alonso, his value has gone up from 7 to 7.1. But, I mean, in terms of scoring and defending, this guy is the real deal. I mean, he is the the prototype as far as a wing back goes. So not only uh, can he score and assist, but also, you know, on the opposite end of the pitch, um, back on defense, he can rack up a lot of clean sheets. As well, so his ICT threat um, is a, is the tops for defenders. So you can count on him to uh, to generate some points there. Um, and he's also been taking free kicks um, for Chelsea too, and also scored a free kick. Right. So uh, definitely he's expensive, but if you have the option, um, he is. We just saw England get scored on in the third minute by Slovakia. So. Um, not good if you're an England supporter. They don't look too happy. Um, next up, Ben Davies of Spurs. He's at five point six million, so his his uh, value has risen a little bit too. Um, Danny Rose is injured. Ben Davies has been proving himself um, to be valuable there. Um, he's also one. While he doesn't necessarily take them on the regular, um, he may be there for for corner kicks. And he creates more chances than any other defender so far this season. So, again, as you're looking at FPS, um, 
or sorry, yeah, um, that is definitely something to take a look at. Ben Mee of Burnley is just 4.5 million, so definitely a value, I think. Um, he's got Tom Heaton behind him, so you're looking for clean sheets. Um, it's nice to have a very capable goalkeeper um, back behind you. Um, for their next five matchups, starting with game week four, their FDR is low. So very, very favorable. Um, so And he can score goals. Um, he can get bonus points, and of course he can get clean sheets. So definitely bend me someone to look at. For sure. As is Lewis Dunk of Brighton and Hove. He's just 4.5 million pounds too. Um, he can put together clean sheets in game weeks uh, moving ahead. So you look at um, his FDR. Um, next nine opponents score just two. Seven of the next nine of his uh, upcoming matches are a two in Definitely the FDR. Favorable. Definitely favorable. So Lewis Dunk of Brighton Hope. Also one to look at. Um, and also we added a couple others here. Phil Jones of Man U. Um, obviously three clean sheets in a row. He is just 5.1 million. Considering he's starting and he's only 5.1, that's a, yep. that's a big deal. Yep. Um, and to your point earlier about Huddersfield, at some point the bubble is going to burst. If you're looking to make short-term investments, Schind both Schindler and Lowe um, – on the Huddersfield defense are only 4.5 million, and then Zonka is 4.6. So if you for the next say three matches or so, as far as FDR goes, they sh Huddersfield players should be okay. And lastly, also, and we talked about his teammate in goal in Fabianski is to look at Naughton of Swansea, only 4.5 million, um, has two clean sheets. And like we said about Fabianski, has some favorable stuff coming up. And again, to have a great goalkeeper back behind you, you could be looking at more points for clean sheets um, for the Swansea defense as well. All right, let's go ahead and move up a little further to the midfield. So looking at midfielders, first up, of course, you've got to take a look at Deli Alley. Um, he's expensive. He's $9.5 million. Um, but you got to remember, too, that last season he scored – 225 points. So it's a lot. Had 18 goals. Um, he's no joke. So definitely has to be in your consideration set if you have the money. So if you're dumping De Bruyne, for instance, you could definitely pick up Ali. Yes. Um, his schedule coming up is going to be very, very good for him. Very favorable. First up, he is suspended from the next three Champions League matches. So he's going to be nice and fresh. He's going to have fresher legs than most. Um, playing in those three consecutive match weeks um, following Champions League duty. Um, he does have – yeah, I said duty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh. Um, he does have that match in game week four um, to Everton. But after that, the next four opponents are just a two in FDR ranking or in the FDR so um, if you can weather the storm in game week four, then uh, five, six, and seven are super favorable. <clears throat> You've got Robbie Brady of Burnley, just 5.5 million pounds. Quite, Very cheap. Quite a value there. He has set-piece duties. I said it again. Um, he's had more successful crosses than any other player. 
Um, he has 10 key passes and 7 shots on goals um, in matches that included a trip to Chelsea and to Spurs. So he can generate those kind of stats playing against those kinds of teams. He is definitely a good value. Um, Christian Atsu of Newcastle, only 5 million pounds. He had a great preseason. Um, he is a very, very cheap attacking midfielder. He's a regular starter. He had an assist um, in game week three. Um, and the FDR coming up, their next three opponents, Newcastle's next three opponents, are all just a two in FDR. So you should definitely look into Christian Atsu. Definitely look into Christian Atsu. Um, Michael Antonio, or Mikhail Antonio, depending on how you pronounce it, of West Ham, $7.5 million. He So he was injured, um, but he's back, and he's been very impressive um, in his first two appearances coming back from injury. In those two matches, no other player on West Ham can match his shots on goal and chances created. He had five shots on goal and four chances created. Um, let's see. He's got a low FPL uh, ownership, so he can be one of those difference makers if you're looking to sort of uh, distance yourself, separate yourself a little bit from um, the others in your league. Also, some ones to look at. Um Especially if you're looking, if you're trying to get rid of Kevin De Bruyne, before his value goes down any further, it might be the right time. So look at players like, and we've mentioned these guys earlier: Mkhitaryan or Pogba. Take your pick. Um, Salah is playing quite well as well. So um, those are a few to take a look at. Additionally, if you're looking for value, Aaron Moy of Huddersfield is a great bargain. He's just 5.7 million. He's generating a lot of points. Scored a great goal. Scored a great goal. He is a starter. He's yes. definitely set himself in that starting 11. Aaron Moy. And then lastly, Chris Brunt, who's on my team of West Brom, is only 5.5 million. Um, who has And he has a very, very favorable FDR coming up over the next couple or few matches. So there's a lot to choose from as far as midfielders go. And lastly, we have to look at the forwards. <clears throat> We've mentioned him a couple times throughout the podcast, but Harry Kane. Huh. So you may not be looking to transfer him in because of his 12.5 million pound price tag, or maybe you are. Um, but if you're thinking about getting rid of him, maybe this will change your mind or not. Um, again, he won the Golden Boot the past two seasons. His statistics are great. The ball's just not going in the net for him yet. But like we said, it will. He's had 24 shots. 18 of those shots have been from inside the penalty area. So his ICT threat is off the charts. It's 303. So compare that to a player that has the who's in second place with most attempts, which is Lukaku, and he's only 198 in terms of ICT. So the potential for Kane is there. Now, he does have that match coming up against Everton in game week four, but after that, the next four opponents are only a two in the FDR. So even if he doesn't get those goals against Everton, 
don't don't go crazy. It's going to be okay because he's got four matches coming up after that where he should rack up quite a bit. Don't go crazy. I think I am considering I have him and I mean, even if he plays bad against Everton, he's basically saying I have to keep him for the next four game weeks because he has good matches. That's what is being said here. All right, Firmino, great value. His his uh, value has gone up a little bit. He's now at eight point six million, but still a great value. Um, he has the most points out of all forwards, which is twenty six points. Um, he's got he's had two goals and two assists, which is great but also the bonus points. We've been talking about the BPS. He, more than his teammates, generates the highest uh, points, bonus points system. Points. Points. That is a new word. Um, and he's earned a lot of those extra points, um, even compared to Salah and Mane. Um, so, you know, he's also uh, been handed penalty kick duties. Said that well, that's the third time I've said that word today. Points and duties. Uh, points and duties. Um, so um, you know things are just going to keep getting better. It looks like for Firmino, Morata, um, his value's gone up a little bit. He's now at ten point one million. Um, he's got two goals and two assists in three matches so far. Um, now he does over the next two matches has Leicester City coming up and then Arsenal. But after that, there's four games, four matches um, out of the next five that are only score a two in FDR. So he may have a a couple of rough weeks there, but then things get really, really good looking for him. And then also there's Tammy Abraham of Swansea, just 5.5 million pounds. So a great bargain. Um, Let's see. He is um, number one on Swansea in terms of shots and shots from inside the box. So that, that ICT index goes high for him. Um, in his upcoming schedule, we've said this a couple times for Swansea, that upcoming schedule for them is really, really favorable. If you're looking, in fact, if you're looking at any Swansea players, especially starting 11 players, you may want to go ahead and go for them. Um, some additional, suggestions as far as forwards go is Chris Wood of Burnley. He's just 6.5 million pounds. He had six points in game week three. Um, He was the top scorer in the championship last season. So this guy can score. Um, There's Jocelyn of Newcastle. He's just 5.5 million. He had seven points in game week three for Newcastle. And then there's Jay Rodriguez of West Brom, who's only 5.9 million pounds. He had five points in game week three. So these are all players, Wood, Jocelyn, and Rodriguez. Um, and you, you group in Tammy Abraham there as well. All great players for the value, you know, for sure. the points that they can get versus how much they cost, um, is super favorable for owners. So that should give lots of players, goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards all to look at if you're going to play that wild card leading into game week four. Your favorite part, segment of the podcast, the injuries and bans. Yes. So before you make that trade, you want to make sure that your guys actually fit um, or able to play. So let's go ahead and start with that. And I know you like it, so you take it. All right. So our first player on the injuries and bans list is Kane Wilson. 
Uh, he joined Exeter. From, from West Brom. Yeah. Well, he he's plays for West Brom, but not anymore. Yes. Uh, he joined Exeter on a season-long loan, so he's definitely not going to get you any points. Nope. Um, also, Keshi Anderson uh, joined Swindon Town um, onto a loan until January. From, originally from Crystal Palace. Seems like I'm just learning new players here. Yes. Uh, this guy's from Chelsea. Fikayo Tamari, uh, season-long loan to Hull. Nice. Definitely won't see him anytime soon. All right, here's a player that actually plays. Andre Ayew, uh, muscle injury, 75% chance of playing. So, West Ham player, Andre Ayew, keep an eye out for him. Um, Alexis Sanchez of Arsenal, ankle injury, 75% chance of playing. Okay. Honestly, I don't think he would be playing anywhere. Who knows with Arsene Wenger, honestly. Uh, Vincent Company with a Canuck. Canuck. 75% chance of playing. So hopefully uh, Company will be back in soon. All right. Uh, Eric Maxson, Chupo Moten. Wow, that is a mouthful. That's a nice name. Yep. Um, hamstring injury, plays for Stoke, 75% chance of playing. Yep. Uh, Oliver McBurney joined Barnsley on a season-long loan from Swansea. So if you have him on your team, you don't anymore. I, I don't know why you would have him on your team in the first place. Uh, Aaron Moy. Who we have just been talking about. Illness, 75% chance of playing. In my opinion, IMO, I think he will play. Yes, he is a Huddersfield player. Next up. Uh, Rakeem Harper of West Brom uh, joined the uh, Blackburn on a season-long loan. Okay, got to get rid of him. Uh, Jordy Clossy with a season-long loan to Club Bruges. Club Bruges, Club Bruh. Bah. All right, here we go. Uh, Darren Fletcher, another player we know. Knee uh, injury. Knee. 75% chance of playing. Plays for Stoke. Yep. I know some players there will ha- definitely have Henderson, or sorry, Fletcher on their team. All right, we got... Adam Federici of Bournemouth uh, joined Nottingham Forest on loan till January. Okay, so he may be coming back. Uh, Bohan, a bit of a, kind of a legend of the... Yeah, sort he's, of. he's been around around the block a few times, so was with Stoke. Uh, I'm just going to say his first name first. Boyan Krikic. 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 Yes. Uh, Perez yeah. joined Alaves on loan until the end of the season. So he's off to Spain. We won't be seeing him for a while. This is um, Nampalis, Nampalis Mendy, not uh, Benjamin Mendy. No. Uh, he joined Nice on the season-long loan. Not Ota Mendy. <laughs> uh, he's from Leicester City. And now, and now he's with Nice. And last up is Lucas Perez of Arsenal joined Deportivo La Coruña on a loan. Yeah, I'm guessing most of those players that were out, uh, that are either out on loan or have been uh, traded to another club, weren't on anybody's, hopefully weren't on anybody else's um, uh, FPL team anyway. But a couple of those um, injuries and whatnot um, are important for people to know about. You can always go to the Premier League website and find all that information as well. So, Josh, I believe that takes us to the end. This was a lot of information, this podcast. A lot about looking at game week four and even ahead, um, talking about players maybe to drop, players definitely to look at acquiring if you are going to drop, why it makes sense to to play the wild card and which players it makes sense to use that wild card chip on.
Right? Right. So, um, what else? You guys can definitely go to our Instagram page, which is just Let's Talk Soccer. We will have all kinds of information up there, plus lots of fun stuff. We love to hear from you guys. Um, we try to put some fun things. I think one of the most popular, uh, relatively new types of posts that we do um, is uh, This Game Week, I Regret Blank. Um, again, mine from last week was uh, tr- was getting rid of Charlie Daniels after he had that bomb of a goal. Um, people love to because, especially with the fantasy stuff, it is inevitable. Maybe even on a weekly basis, you'll make a decision as an owner um, where you're going to regret making a move or maybe not making a move. So I think that's kind of fun to play around with that. So please check us out on Instagram. Just at Let's Talk Soccer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe to it if you haven't so you just get the automatic downloads. We do this weekly. We've been doing this since December of 2015, and we have not missed a week yet. Never. So you can count on us. Never. So you can count on us to um, to come through yes. on this. And we like to have a little fun, and we love to give some information. You guys can always contact us through our Instagram page, too. If you have questions or suggestions for the podcast or just – Premier League or Fantasy Premier League in general. We love to interact with you guys. Um, And please tell people about this podcast because sharing is... Karen. Oh, yes, it is. All right, guys. Until next time, we say peace. Peace. Good luck in game week four, and we'll talk to you next next time. time. All right, guys. Take care. Bye.